Um, so again, this is the At The Movies podcast. I am Scott Wolfile, and with me is Brandon Jones, Danielle Hawthorne, James Faust, and Melissa Boudreaux. And as usual, we are here to talk about going to the movies and what exactly that movie going experience means to us and what it means as an exhibitor to bring that experience to an audience. So how has everyone been doing? Good? Busy. Yeah. yeah. Seeing yeah. some light at the end of this no movie theater tunnel, hopefully, as more and more people are sending out videos of their CEOs telling us how great it's going to be when we go back to their theaters. <laughs> Do you see the latest today? No, what was today's? AMC's. Oh, gosh. I didn't see it. G give us a, how, did you watch it? What, what did he say? I watched all eight and a half minutes of it. Mm. Wow. It was eight and a half minutes long? Mm-hmm. It's a long time. Oh, what do you have to say? State of the unions, everything. <laughs> no, but they 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 dig in deep on cleanliness and sanitation and mm. new procedures and um, no cash. I feel like cash is kind of going away, large in part. A lot of stores I've gone into recently have said no cash. All Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Should have invested in some Bitcoin. Right. I never understood Bitcoin. I don't know. I still don't understand Bitcoin. Right. It's it's just fake money like every other thing is fake money. It's all fake money. Is it real? Is it made up? Is it like fairy dust that people are like, oh, Bitcoin. I'm, I don't want to start the rumor that AMC is only taking Bitcoin. <laughs> that kind of felt like we were headed in that direction. I'm tweeting that right now. I'm on my phone. Right. A, no conspiracy. You heard it first. Let that start oh here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not taking any ownership of that. So I hear it. So, uh, and AMC is celebrating its 100th anniversary, 1920 to 2020, with 15 cent tickets on the 20th. That's right. And oh, no. their debt. And theaters are. <laughs> starting to reopen again so it's happening it is gonna happen i remember it was matinee and student price was a dollar 25 when i was uh growing up so go there and then depending on the movie i i think it depended on the film and i could be wrong but i remember thinking seeing the wraith at a seven o'clock yeah, that's right the wraith it's one of the worst movies of all time uh what charlie movie? sheen the wraith <laughs> Oh, never, yeah. never seen that Charlie, one. Charlie Sheen and a that in the logbook and a dead car and a, and a ghost car, and so and it's it's kind of terrible. But I remember <laughs> thinking, oh man, that's going to be one of the five dollar movies today, and it was three twenty five at seven. I remember I saw the seven thirty show, and it was only three twenty five. So well, that must be why it was three. <laughs> I mean, Heather Lockley, I think, or Heather Thomas, one of the Heathers back in the eighties. Oh. It's just terrible. I think when I worked at AMC in high school, I believe our evening show was six twenty-five, and the matinee was three dollars. And so you don't even have to give your age anymore. You just tell people how much movies cost, and they know how old you were. <laughs> Back in the day, I'm twenty-nine. <laughs> I think mine was about the same too. I mean, mine was a Goodrich, Goodrich Quality Theater in Cadillac, Cadillac, Michigan, mm -hmm. and so that one I believe when I was there. I don't know, it was early 2000s. And that must have been probably $3 for a matinee and $6 for an evening ticket. But that's a small town theater though. How many screens yeah. is it? Um, it was originally two 
and then they expanded to a five. And then most recently, they went down to a four. They took two of their bigger auditoriums and expanded it to one large auditorium. James, what theater did you go to as a kid? Um, there was a couple, uh, Forum 303 Mall in, in Arlington, Texas. And then there was um, Redbird Mall in you know, yeah. South Dallas there. And the other theater I went to the most was in Arlington, was the Arlington Four, which is where I saw Indiana Jones and E.T. And yeah, that theater was terrible, but I kept going back. Did you ever go to the Medallion over off Northwest Highway in Skillman? When I was at SMU, yeah. I went to the Medallion, saw kids there. I saw a dancer uh, in the dark. I saw a bunch of indies there. That was Spielberg's favorite theater to test screen. That's the first place they ever test screened Jaws. Was it it the Medallion or was it at North Park? No, it was at the Medallion. But the North Park one was, I think, Lucas's favorite where he would go test screen films. They loved the they loved those theaters. Yeah, they did Raiders at uh, North Park. They tested it there at North Park 1 and 2, which were, when I got old enough, those were the best theaters on the planet. Right. That thing was, that, that thing, I think, I feel like that was the first or second place Lucas ever did THX, was in those theaters. Yep. I think that that was the first, but... It was amazing. And then they become parking lots and coals. So support your local movie theater or that's what happens to them. Or get some really cheap everything because Coles has everything. I wish I would have grown up in a bigger city sometimes because I hear you guys talking about those theaters. And I look back and I'm like, mm, like we got excited when we got just a normal movie theater. I think it was called The Grand and it didn't open until I was in probably high school, we had this really crappy, tiny theater, like throughout my whole childhood. And then this came in and it was like a 14 plex or something. And it was just like normal concessions. I remember people freaking out because it had one of those like self-serve butter stations. <laughs> and people were like, tickets? do you see this? <laughs> How much for tickets so we can judge your age? I think tickets when I was younger, I was like 10-ish. <laughs> yeah. Ten. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Danielle's aging herself. Uh-huh. Oh, we're we're tiny town guys. People don't pay those expensive movie ticket prices. <laughs> well, well, that's expensive. Too. Yeah. That ten no. bucks. Oh, really? I, agree. Oh, see, I think <laughs> about prices now. Ten bucks like, when you're in high school. That's. <laughs> yeah, that's... man. I, I wouldn't go to the movies. I mean, it... <laughs> no ten dollars in high school. No way. That's like that would have been a full tank of gas. Yeah, I took seven dudes to see Eddie Murphy Raw. Oh. And it cost me, I think it was fifty dollars <laughs> so, for ten of you. Yeah, yeah, eight of us, eight is totally eight. okay. So well, the movie theater say. was like the movie theater was like our premier entertainment. Like there was a bowling alley, and that's it. There's the bowling alley and the movie theater. Yeah, you get to pick. Yeah, with my my original hometown theater, um, you know, it was only five screens. It was a relatively small town. Um, so for like a cinephile like me, even at a younger age, I had to travel at least an hour outside of my town to find like the stuff that I actually really wanted to watch, you know, like some of the horror movies that came out during that era, you know, just, it was a small town with like mainly families. So those titles just really wouldn't perform there. So they wouldn't get them. So you'd have to go to Grand Rapids or Traverse city or sometimes all the way down to Detroit. Yeah. Hey, I had a question. I mean, Scott, to all the, exhibitor folks did we talk about the decree in the last episode 
the, uh, no, it hadn't out. happened yet. It's in my yeah. notes to, to bring up. So that was actually, I'd love I to meant hear from you guys. Yeah. Well, I was hoping someone would explain it to me. So I kind of know a little bit what's going on, but I was hoping maybe we would try um, a new segment on the show called explain it to me like I'm five. Um, <laughs> I like this. So if someone has any idea with what's going on with the consent degree yes, yes. eliminations, um, <laughs> I vote for Brandon. Please yeah, chime in. And, yeah. And explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old this week. On explain it to me like a five-year-old, we're talking about the consent decree eliminations. So I don't even know what that means because I'm five. So someone please tell me. Very heady the way you uh, set that up. James, you want to go first and then no, you can No, just... not at all. I'll tell you, here's the, um, here's the uh, telephone game version of it. Almost 100 years ago, Somebody said that studios can't own everything, can't distribute, create, and own uh, the theaters as well. And somehow that was thrown out in a California court last week. And so now I feel like we're going to have the uh, AMC Universals and Neon Alamos of the world are going to be coming out at us. That's so is, the, it, is this good or oh, bad? I, uh, this is the debate. Depends on what movies you make. That's, that's very fair. Depends so, on who you are. I'm going to... I have some opinions. I don't want to get too editorial on this, but um, have some science on us, right? So Tell the, us like we're five. Nah. So in the '40s, the studios owned everything from production all the way through distribution, including actors' contracts. So you were a, you know, the Paramount stars are actually the st actual stars of people who are on contract at Paramount, and you wanted to become one of those stars. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's 24 of them. There may be 27. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, I could go count the logo, I guess. I could Google but it for the, you. They said, hey, this is antitrust and it's not good for the consumer. So studios cannot own the distribution channel um, as well. So they said there, there was Paramount Theaters and there were Warner Theaters um, and other theaters as well. So those all at Fox Theaters, they all got broken up and the theater, movie theater companies were individualized. So now, really with the advent of streaming, because Netflix produces its own movies and controls its own distribution platform. So whether that is a digital, digital distribution platform or a retail platform, is there any true difference? So they've come back and said that studios essentially can own their own movie theaters. And there's a little nuance in here about block booking, which is an industry thing. But um, is it good or bad? I think that this allows studios to prop up the theaters that they want propped up in the markets they want to be propped up. So if you took the five largest theater chains, bless you, if you took the, large, the five largest theater chains the studios in essence could own those or contribute to those or be investors in those. And that would be 65% of the industry as it is pre COVID. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's an absolute death knell to the small and independent movie theaters. Yep. So well, what it could cause like. from a production standpoint, it could get to a point where we, in the past you'd have, I mean, you still have Fox and Fox searchlight, um, but you know, but Paramount became just Paramount. There was no, there wasn't a separate section. Like so, all these independent studios. So, which, 
in a positive, I think there might be a way they need to get those films in particular, like independent films that they usually would lump in or just dump. Now, if they have a stake in a theater, like, hey, you've got that 77 seat theater in your, in your back over there. Why doesn't that become our, you know, I'll just use Fox Searchlight as an example. Like we just need to make a little back on this so we can get it for the Oscar run so we can get this thing out. And then that's where we'll make our real money and we'll roll it over. And I, people were thinking it was bad for independent film. I said, this could be good for independent film for those companies that still are making films, not for money, but for awards. Yeah, keep in mind, uh, Netflix recently recently purchased um, the Egyptian, I believe, and the Paris Theater in New York. So, yeah. you know, Netflix owns movie theaters, and they they bought those for that the reason James was just talking about. So, I think overall, this is not going to happen overnight. And right now, there are movie theaters and movie theater companies that are consolidating or going out of business. So. This industry is changing. Absolutely, it's going to change. It's not going away. But over the next six months to two years, it's going to go through some drastic changes. And I mean, I don't know. So from an exhibitor standpoint, for, for people who love to go to the movie theaters and see movies in movie theaters, I can't say whether that's good or bad for the movie goer. But you may not be able to just have one movie theater you go to anymore. Like if, if you were really in a habit of going to this movie theater and that's just the one I go to, well, that one only may only show certain studios films from now on, if it is backed by those studios. If, if Lionsgate and Disney and Universal all have an investment in that theater, then those are most likely the majority of films are only gonna be those films. So you may have to seek out other movie theaters which may be ultimately good for some other players. So it, yeah, it'll be interesting you, to see. Yeah, if you have the luxury of being in a town where you have more than one movie theater as an option, because as, as, a, as a kid, I didn't. Well, and know. to that point, if you're in a small town with one movie theater, that may not be a theater that can get product. Mm-hmm. Like they that's just, a shame. And th- that's why the, the small and independent movie theaters, this could be a real challenge for. I don't think it's a challenge for really the bigger guys but it could be a lifeline to some of the bigger guys. Oh, it will be. <laughs> yeah. Amazon draft house coming your way. Oh, <laughs> I, I agree with you, Brandon. I think the next two years an exhibition is going to be interesting. There's going to be change. And we're going to be here to comment on it and talk about it every week. True. Good yeah. plug. <laughs> yeah. Shameless. <laughs> throw the run, just throw the runway out there. Right. Well, no, that was great. That was a great uh, conclusion of explain it to me. Like, I'm five. I will say that I miss the days of literally counting down on a calendar till the next Marvel film opens. I looked forward to going and seeing those films in a movie theater so much and just like getting in your seat, the lights going down. I would get so excited because I knew like that I was just in for a treat because you don't find many franchises that span 10 plus years and are, you know, following the same storyline throughout the entire thing for the most part and interweave interwoven and connected and yeah i i kind of miss that right now yeah well the oh. countdown is on for your next one for november the 6th with black widow so did they announce that it's that's currently the date for black widow is there, there's nothing before that right? eternals comes in out after that i thought they moved everything to 2021 I, I like, did too. Still on there. 
Still on the list. <clears throat> on the current list. Well, what is everyone's most anticipated releases? I mean, clearly, we know Danielle's. Actually, <laughs> that's not mine. It's not? Oh, mm-hmm. well, do tell. It's in her top five. Oh. It's, it's, it is in the top five. My The film that I was really looking forward to this year, besides Black Widow, was the new James Bond film. Mm. That does look really good. That's still 2020. Yeah. Yep. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Mm. And so that was, that's a big one for me this year. And I was so sad because I was supposed to go interview the cast when it was oh, yeah. originally going to be released earlier this year. And then everything happened like a week prior. Or yeah. week prior. Bond comes out uh, November 20th, currently dated for November 20th. What else is on everybody's ant- most anticipated list. Yeah, I want to hear from James. What, what were you anticipating the most? This, this sounds going to sound crazy, but uh, I think I said this last time. I spend most of the year watching, you know, very heady, smart, important films that are changing the world, environmental, et cetera, and, you know, these very deep mental pieces. And sometimes in the summertime, I just want to see shit blow up. So, <laughs> thing yeah. that's really, there's a film that's been a lot to me my entire life, so much so that my wife got me a really cool t-shirt that I like to wear a lot, but uh, Maverick was high on my list of things that Absolutely. I was so pumped mm-hmm. to see. And I think me and Tom Cruise are just separated by about seven or nine years in age. I'm like, come on, man. We can, I yes, you can still ride that ninja motorcycle. Yes, you can still squeeze into a plane. Yes, you can still play volleyball. Still, yeah, play volleyball. There's I a volleyball they're playing beach football this time. Looks are like. they? Oh. They substituted that out. Oh man! I Still on the beach. I saw the beach and I saw a ball. I didn't see it was a football though. I, was like, I think it is. I don't know. I mean, playing volleyball is that really all that realistic these days? They got updated to something else. That's true. That was more of like a '90s ish thing. I, I think that's true. I was so excited for that film too, James. Like it's obviously Clearly. In my background. If any, yeah. for everyone who's watching this, but if you're listening. It's my virtual background, and I was saying this on a, another call this week, how excited I was for that film. And I actually was honestly going to try and rent a private theater with some of our coworkers uh, mm-hmm. when I still was working at Imagine. That was our plan. Like, we had it all set. So mm-hmm. we're just going to do it next year for, you know, 4th of July. Oh, man. Is that this come out for July 2nd, I believe, 2021? Yeah, July 2nd is the new date, yeah. I would say that was my most anticipated film of this year, would have been Top Gun. I have a couple others on my list, including Bond, I agree with. Yeah. The French Dispatch, mm-hmm. I'm always up for a Wes Anderson. I'm I'm sucked into the Ghostbusters relaunch, so I was looking yeah. forward to that. It looks good. Mm-hmm. I'm, and then... It's in the family. Pre- then Chris Rock in Spiral, the Saw Nine or whatever it is. I am I am geeked up to go see that. I'm I'm not into those movies typically, but I really want to see what Chris Rock has to how he's put a spin on that thing. I was so surprised when I saw Sam Jackson was gonna be in that movie. Why are you ever surprised? Sam Jackson does every movie. There's not <laughs> he's he's doing Capital One commercials. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's like so he's afraid his money's going to go away. <laughs> yeah. He's always working. He's probably got like six pandemic movies. 
<laughs> snakes in the house. Uh, I mean, just. I never saw snakes on a plane. Did you guys oh, see that? Yeah. Yes. I need to watch. Is that my oh, weekend watch? Okay. Oh, okay. So speaking of like the going to the theaters part, when we screened that, I was I was working for a movie theater company at that time, and we actually had a snake handler come in. No. And so in the lobby, we had probably a dozen snakes, and you a could dozen? at least, and you Were could go cages? and handle like a python no. and you could yeah just no that's just a straight up no for me that no. was so no. you, yep. you don't you don't normally get that but that's what we did for that that movie i think i have speaking of old posters i actually have the one sheet for that and they made a airplane yeah. safety card mm-hmm. that has like escape routes on it and i have awesome. that i have that as well so that's pretty i have sweet. one of those posters too i think you also have a hat Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll dig it up and I'll wear it next time. <laughs> I guess I have my weekend homework. The, uh, it's interesting, like when you go to the movies. So I I was thinking about this. There's I really have four groups of people that I've seen really seen movies with throughout my life. So there's obviously we went to see movies with my dad when I was a kid. But my dad, who's a Vietnam vet, took me to see Platoon when I was twelve oh. years old. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and we like. Saw some reasons like every war movie i would go to the movie theater with my dad to see saving private ryan and platoon and full metal jack i mean it's just so that was like at like 12 right like from i was little and i would i don't know hey do you want to go see the movie at some point i'm like is this therapy for you i mean um and then i love going to the movies with my son and he you know and he then he started taking his friends and it was always a great place for us to go. Um, Danielle and I go see a lot of movies together, obviously, and we'll go see all kinds of movies with my son. It's really kind of action and superhero movies. And then with Danielle and I, it's everything. But the other thing we like to do is we like to go and take our friends to the movies or like, I'll go, you know, like a group of buddies and be like, Hey, once upon a time in Hollywood's coming out or, you know, whatever it is and we'll buy like 20 tickets and then just have everybody come and that's and that's a different experience altogether so i think that that's another fun part of it like you have your groups that you know that you you know you have these types of movies that you go to go with so what does everyone miss most about going to the movies and so for me i think one of the things that i was always a sucker for that i always got really excited about to go to the movies for was um, the marketing. Like I was always uh, the person who could never miss the trailers. I was always the person that would like walk up and down every single hallway to look at every single poster and every little detail of what might be in that movie that was coming out. Um, and yeah, like now I have a huge movie poster collection because like I'm just now to me, like that's all artwork. It's not marketing material. It's not, you know, promotion. It's, it's artwork to me. So I don't know. That's one of the things that I probably really miss the most was being able to go around and admire, I don't know, just every single universe that I got to kind of like be a part of every single time I got to go to the movies. I would have to agree with you on the trailers. I was just mentioning to Brandon the other day. I was like, I, I work in this industry and I'm trying to think what's opening next that I'm really excited about because I'm so used to being in the movies so frequently 
that I watch the trailers all the time and it just builds this excitement for what's to come. And it's like, I constantly have something to look forward to. Like this event is going to be happening when this movie opens and I don't have that right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, what's, what's the next thing that we get to go do? What, what's the next film that we get to experience? And I just don't have that like anchor point to really build that excitement right now. It's a shame. Yeah, I miss it too. Uh, watching a trailer on YouTube is just not the same. Yeah. We used to do a program at where we used to work, Scott and I, and it was two hours of just trailers four times yeah. a year to just get people kind of fired up for yeah. what was coming out. It's it's a, a lot party. of trailers. It's <laughs> a lot of trailers. Things. Yeah, two but hours. You'd be surprised at how many people would come just to come and watch trailers on the big screen. It was I a mean, big, it was free. It was, a, it was a free event, but still people would come and buy popcorn and just, yeah, sit and... Um, sit in a movie theater for an hour and a half and just watch trailers for upcoming movies. Great really idea. Cool. I, I do miss like the, the activation of it all. Like, cause when you go to certain movies at certain theaters on certain dates, there's, there's usually a little something else going on, especially at not the biggest chains, you know, the, the kind of the mid small and mid sized guys, you will, will create some type of event out of it on certain days. But I also like the, I still talk to friends that we go to, to movies with in groups and they're like, oh yeah, when we went to see that movie. Oh yeah, when we went to see that. I think that the, that connective tissue between us all or when we go to uh, Danielle, James and I, you know, help run the Dallas International Film Festival. It's like, oh, the film festival on that year. So it's not just, oh, I watched Under the Silver Lake, you know, while it was in, on the background of my TV or sitting on my couch, but like, when you go experience it together, man, there, there's just something that feels bigger about that. And there's something that, you know, you always have that moment to talk about. And we're, we're losing that right now. And so I really can't wait to get back to the theater and go buy out either an auditorium or a block of tickets and, and have everybody there. I mean, and even for those of us that are in the industry, whether it's the film festival or a cinema con, it's like, how many times do you go back and think about, man, that was cool to be there. So mm -hmm. it's actually like being somewhere and with a group of people that, and I don't want to say like-minded, but people that ultimately share this one experience together. And now you have that connection to them. So yeah. I think that's what I miss most. And because I love dining theaters, I can't think of any one particular dish that I'm just can't wait to get back to. I've had movie theater, popcorn, curbside, like, I just want the experience back. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. For me, I miss, like, I'm always on. I don't know if you guys feel like that, too, but my phone's always on. My computer, everything's always dinging, notifications, this, that. And that's the one place where I can just shut everything off and really, like, immerse myself in the experience. I don't know anywhere else where you can do that. And I just, I really miss being taken away to different places every weekend yeah you know in to that point it's like in the last six months i don't know how many times i've sat down to watch a movie and actually watched it start to finish not interrupted not checking my phone not checking social media not checking email not letting the dogs out not getting like right just let it all fade away like that is that's something you you can't replicate I mean, have you ever gone and you're like, oh my gosh, that was two and a half hours. Like it went by in a snap because you're so immersed. Yes. Yeah. And I've also gone and I've like, that was two and a half hours. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me too. <laughs>
there's different ways to experience movies. There's not just put it on a reel and let a player, you know, DCP it. But if you're in a D box seat versus a regular seat versus a recliner versus a dine in versus being on 35 millimeter or 70 millimeter or 3D or an IMAX, it's just, it's another way of experiencing a movie i mean you can watch i watched dunkirk to three different movie theaters and had three different experiences one i had to walk out of mm-hmm. oh <laughs> wow the, do- the dome in fort worth sanitarium at the play the uh oh. the imax zone i couldn't no, handle it no i don't like i think i almost threw up like i was gonna say no offense to any of us here but i think we're too old to enjoy those things <laughs> The, they had the seats to where they were, like, you know, planetary, so the seats were, like, slightly leaned back so you could see it, and the movie was across the entire dome, yeah. but because the, of the way that Dunkirk is shot, all of the motion, because it, it's, like, constant, you know, the, the bombing and the planes mm-hmm. and the noise and the sound effects and the motion of it, I got so sick. <laughs> I had motion sickness from watching the movie in this planetarium. I'm like... I do not feel good. I don't know what's going on, but I can't keep doing this. As much as I want to sit here and watch Dunkirk again, I can't do this. I got to walk out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, I get it. I mean, those increased um, levels of interaction that you can have with the movie, they're, they're all unique ways to, you know, enhance that movie going experience. Um, and I've, I've only done D-Box once. I think I saw uh, the remake of Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Mm. And, Again, like I'm sure there are some movies that it's suited for, and some movies that are are not all that suited for it. Um, this is a know. good topic, I think, for another episode because there's a, I we I we could go on for I think there's 15 like minutes hour. of, oh yeah, different ways yeah. that movie theaters are enhancing this experience. So we I think I think we yes. should put that on our parking lot. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So do, I don't know. Do we do a little sign off action a here. Sign off here. Sure. I mean, this was a great conversation. I, I really love getting to talk to you guys. I think eventually what we're going to have to do, um, it's inevitable we're all going to have to sit down and watch a movie together because that's really how oh, you can yeah. really, truly know a human being is to sit next to them in a movie theater and yeah, share that experience with them. I think that's it's um, it's a very necessary process in getting to know somebody. So I think that's something that's the next step of this you know, blossoming friendship that we seem to be cultivating here. And we'll do a live show after discussing the <laughs> film. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. See you at the movies. Thanks for being here, friends. Cheers.